WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Israel is an interesting conglomeration of people groups, and one of those groups you wouldn't expect is growing, and we'll tell you who it is and why. We'll also tell you how the axis of evil is growing to the concern of the United States, and we'll tell you what a brick is and how brick by brick the one world economy is growing. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecies in the world's news for Friday, January 5th, and our first show of 2024. And brick by brick, our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, can help you build a wall of insurance protection around your family. For a no-obligation quote, you can call them by phone at 865-922-3111, or visit them online at bobjohnsonins.com. You might not be able to join us live every week, but you can get signs of the times anytime. You can hear us, see us, or share us, ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question, read the articles we discuss, or subscribe to our podcast when you visit thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that while some people have trouble sleeping, he can do it with his eyes closed, is Pastor Mark, (laughs) who recently invented a new game called Silent Tennis. It's really like regular tennis, but without the racket. (laughs) Yeah, not bad. And and I still think the intro is almost better. I I just... Okay. That 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 joke was approved by a staff member, so yes, I liked it. That was very good. Okay. I, I liked it. it was a good joke. That's fantastic. All right. Well, happy New Year to you, Pastor Mark, yes, and happy New well. Year to our listeners and viewers. Twenty twenty four will not disappoint. I have a feeling when it comes to Bible prophecy. Yeah, we have a wild year ahead. There's no doubt about that, Greg. It's going to be a wild year. We sure do. So let's get started over in the land of Israel. Our first article comes from Breitbart.com, dated December 26th. Israel's Christian population soars as persecution builds elsewhere. Now, as we said in the beginning, you know, Israel's an interesting conglomeration of people groups that you would not expect to be in the land. So maybe you can educate us on that and how the Christians are even there, especially when we've covered stories in the past, how the, the the secular Jews or the Orthodox Jews really don't like the Christians That's because right. of the proselytizing. That's right. Again, just to kind of lay a foundation, yeah. remember, compared to the nations around you, there's really they're very free. 
you got to remember, they're surrounded by Islamic nations who don't tolerate Christianity really at all. I right. mean, they, they tolerate it to some degree until they decide they want to kill everybody, but I mean, really, they don't very much. And so, if you're in those countries where the pressure is ratcheting up against the Jew and the Christian, to go to Israel is like a place of freedom. Even though it's not as friendly there toward Christians, it's still way more friendly than the nations around them. And now we're seeing more believers being driven into Israel because of what's happening in the surrounding countries. Israel's Christian population is continuing to soar, it says, even higher as persecution builds elsewhere in the Middle East, the year and figures from the Central Bureau of Statistics reveal. According to CBS, around 187,900 Christians live in Israel, composing 1.9% of the population. That's tiny. Very tiny. This represents 1.3 growth, though, from a year before with followers enjoying complete religious freedom in Israel that is denied elsewhere in neighboring countries. See, there's the key. You know, if you you, you go to try to have greater freedom uh, in other countries, I think it's something like 1.2% in um, um, Jordan. So, see, in Israel, you got 1.9%, which is not much more, but it's a little bit more. And Jordan is one of the more friendly countries. Then it starts going down from there in, in other countries around them. But the Christian population, it says, has been on the rise for at least the last two years. In 2021, the population grew by 1.4% to 182,000. In 2022, uh, there was about 2% growth to 185,000, according to CBS. So, I think, you know, what's interesting, Greg, it's, it's yes, there are some coming in from other countries because they feel safer that are coming into Israel. But something that's been happening too the last, it really this last year and, and, uh, the last couple of years, I would say, there's a growing population inside of Israel getting saved. You know, it's not like millions, right? But we are seeing, um, God is moving and there's a remnant already being saved in Israel. I mean, I forget how long ago it was. I think back in the 19, like 4850s, the first church that was there, there was one church in all of Israel. And now there's something like, um, I forget if it's like 30 Christian churches now across the nation. So, uh, you know, if that's, it's somewhere in 29, 30, uh, fold growth, uh, since they've been there as a country. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but really it is in a small nation and people are getting saved. You're seeing believers not just coming in, but you're seeing Jews get saved. And I, I suspect, and we're going to see these numbers go up even more after this war in Gaza because, you know, a foxhole, that, that tends to get anybody's attention regardless of their religious background. You begin to open up more to God, and as they open up more to God, he's going to show them the true God and the truth, and there's going to be, I think, more saved. Yeah. Well, our good news story later on in the uh, program will kind of highlight what you're talking about right there. Yeah. All right. Our next article comes from the Times of Israel, also dated December 26th, where it says, Gallant warns war could take years says Israel targeted on seven fronts and has hit back on six. Yeah. Yeah, this is where, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I This whole, when the, th- when the thing started, they were saying, yeah, maybe like th- two or three months until we're done. And now they're saying they've gone from months to years. And I think the reason being is, Greg, is they've moved in. They see how hard it is to clean all these pockets out mm. of Hamas. It is such an extensive operation, and the tunnel network. I have no doubt either. All the tunnels, yeah. um, all the, the 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 just the hidden network things that are there, and now they're realizing, you know, what he's saying without saying it is they're realizing, you know, Hezbollah is probably going to get in this, and when Hezbollah gets in it, you're going to see what they've done down in the Gaza. They're going to have to go and do there in southern Lebanon, and if if that happens, that's really where you're going to see. A ratcheting up of the hatred of the Jews. You wonder how could it get much worse? I mean, I saw an article just today where they're uh, 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 publicly attacking them in a, in a mall there in in New Jersey. You know, this, these Palestinians that are here in the country were attacking the Jews there and just yelling at them, screaming. I mean, these are the kind of things you used to only see in the Muslim countries. 
uh, the Middle East or, you know, back in World War II in Germany, but it's happening now here in our malls, et cetera. So it's growing more and more. When they go into his, uh, to southern Lebanon, it's only going to get worse. And that's why I think what Galan is doing, they're very wise. They're trying to say to the world, look, I know you're upset because we're doing this, but this is long term. We're not going to just get in and get out. We're going long term on this. And now we're going, he's going to say as much as, as you know, years on, and on seven fronts. That's what he says. Israeli aircraft bombarded the southern Gaza Strip overnight in an apparent preparation for expanding the military's ground offensive. The military said Tuesday, even as continued fighting near Gaza City challenged the army's claim that it was largely in control of the north um, of the Strip for 80, after 80 days of war. With Prime Minister Netanyahu and other leaders vowing to continue fighting, despite growing international pressure to wind down the battle and calls for um, at home for a deal to free hostages held in Gaza, the military appeared poised Tuesday for a newly intensified push into the central and southern parts of the Strip. So he's talking about they're, they're talking about you know clearing out the entire Gaza, which we know they're going to do. But I believe this years long thing is not Gaza. It's talking about more surrounding countries. And I quote, he says, this is a long, tough war. It has costs, heavy costs, but it's justified, which it is. Uh, it's justification, uh, but it's justification is the highest that can be. Defense Minister Yaav Gallant told Knesset lawmakers Tuesday, hours after the army raised the death toll from the ground offensive to 158 soldiers, he vowed Israel would punish Hamas over its brutal October 7th attack, whether it takes months or years. He also said Israel was fighting on seven fronts and it hit back on six of them. And of course, all the surrounding uh, countries there. So he's making reference here to the years there, Greg, in Gaza. But I think there's a, a veiled reference here to, you know what, this may go beyond Gaza when he brings, yeah. brings in all the other fronts. Right. Because it's going to be more than Gaza. Well, and I don't want to read too much or anything into what he's saying. But here's what came to my mind when he, when that statement. And does it, by the way, does he, does the article list the fronts he's talking about? Or you know, he- yeah, no, this one, I read it last week. I didn't read because last week we covered articles similar. Okay. And I didn't look at all the different fronts he mentioned. So I don't know on this one, but here's what came to my mind. Okay. Let me see if it we got, we got seven fronts. They're fighting on sixth. They haven't hit back on the seventh. Right. To me, the seventh, and again, I'm looking, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of folding in numerology in here, right? Right. Okay. Six is the number of man. Right. So it's the efforts of Israel fighting on these six fronts. The seventh front that they haven't been able, that they have not fought back on. Right. Seven being the number of completion. That's going to be the goal on heights. That's going to be the Ezekiel invasion. That's the seventh front, and God Himself is going to defend that front. Well, anyway, we, we'll that's find just, out. That's just me having fun with stuff. Yeah, but anyway, well, again, that's why I asked you if if the article said what the fronts were. I'm glancing at it again. Okay. I don't see in this one. Last week when I read the article, this it did tell the seven that they listed. They was talking about. I don't. I don't see it in this one. Okay. This one is without it. But I think we had it in last week's article, okay. so it's not in front of me. But um, okay. it's it's pretty much again. Of course, you got Hamas, Hezbollah, Gaza. I mean, I mean, you, you could probably go down and pick out a good portion of Syria. Uh, but but no, I don't have it right now. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so we'll see if that comes to pass. Yes, yes. Very interesting. Uh, I'm not prophetic. Okay. <laughs> Our next article comes from the Times of Israel. Uh, don't see the date on this one. Uh, but the title of the article is Gallant Envisions a Multinational Force Leading Gaza Rebuilding, Though Allies Have Made It Clear It'll Be Contingent on 
the two-state solution. I'm sure that's what he means there. Yeah, and this is interesting here on this uh, whole, um, you know, the two-state solution and, and, and all the stuff with Gallant in this article, Greg. What's interesting to me about this, and the reason I want to include this was, what he talks about in the article is that um, it, it, they're, they're giving conflicting reports. Uh, Israel released a report earlier that said there's going to be five different fronts are five different groups that are going to be coming in to work and controlling it and it's not going to be israel but five different groups working together to, to form kind of a oversight committee if you will over gaza and then you see one that talks about no maybe we'll have two because that's what america's pushing and so really they don't want to we talked about that they hate the fact that there's two and don't want two that are over there uh, they don't want two different ones because that's israel and them and they don't want them as a neighbor so they're trying to bring in some kind of international force to do this but they don't want to turn it over just to anybody they want to control it they're really conflicted because they want to run it, but they know if they run it, the world gets madder and madder because they want to run it. And uh, you've got a real problem going on here. So uh, as far as this whole thing with you know who's going to do it, I think he doesn't know. I think he's just talking and probably doing this really more for basically to satisfy um, the, the world and those that are – let me read some of this. Yeah. Uh, some of the article here to give you an idea of what he's talking about, because, again, it, it's kind of confusing, especially after me reading all the other articles I have. He says, presenting his plan for post-war Gaza, Defense Minister Gallant outlines four-cornered civilian square, including Israel, the Palestinians, and a multinational task force and Egypt. So this is new to me from what they've been saying. Israel will provide information to guide the civilian operations and also carry out inspection goods uh, entering Gaza in order to ensure that no weapons are smuggled in. A Palestinian entity in charge of governing Gaza will build on existing administrative mechanisms to help restore operations and a multinational force led by the United States in partnership with Israel's European and Arab allies will take responsibility for the reconstruction of Gaza after the world. So we're, we're, so we're going to be pouring piles of money in there to rebuild it, basically. Um, so it's interesting here because originally America has been pushing for the two-state solution, and now Israel's saying, no, there's going to be a more multi-state solution. It may be that Israel's negotiating with America to say, look, we don't want a two-state solution. We can't do that. But if you'll work with us and bring other countries in, then we'll turn it over. We're not wanting to run it. We don't want to be over Gaza. We want to get rid of it, but we can't turn it over to to Palestine, the Palestinians, because if we just give it to them, they're going to do the very same thing. Hamas will be right back in, and we're right back where we were. So I think these are the behind-the-scenes negotiations that are now being talked about uh, publicly in these articles as they're trying to work out who's going to really control it. And, and it'll be interesting to see what the final product is when they finally reach what they're going to reach on this, because um, you know we know that the, 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 the broker that's going to make it all work is going to be the Antichrist eventually. We know that, but it's going to be inter- interesting to see how this multinational um, two-state to now multiple whatever is going to work out. Because again, I, Israel's not happy; they're not going to budge on a two-state solution for now. So it might be it might be America's attempt to uh, placate and allow them to bring more in. We'll have to wait and see. But I find this interesting. In other words, it's not settled. But here's the point: yeah, it's not settled. And let's watch how this thing pans out because we know that it's going to have to find some kind of administrative oversight. Which, of course, eventually will be taken over and brokered by the Antichrist. And you've got to wonder if Israel, if this whole conflict on who's going to do it and Israel's involvement and hesitation and delays and stuff like that, if that won't be part of what fuels Ezekiel 38 and 39. Maybe. I mean, because I mean, you know, it's another point. Yeah, we can't reach an agreement. No. You know, I mean, they're, they're now in the book of first hesitations, right? Yeah. <laughs> I so, like that. Yeah. The book of first hesitations. Yes. So, you know, and then it's going to eventually, though, there's going to need to be an answer. I mean, once once Gaza's cleared out, it can't just lay void. Somebody's got to run it. 
And, of course, Israel can sit there and keep it under control, but the world's going to be screaming their head off, get Israel out of there, your, your occupiers, your colonizers, blah, blah, blah. And so there has to be something they're working on right now to get ready to hand it over to some multinational. Israel will have their hand in it. I guarantee you they're going to be a part of oversight. And it sounds like the Palestinians would be a part of the oversight. But now you see these other countries in there, too. I, I think that neither side's going to be totally happy, but it'll be interesting to see how it works. And, again, it's leading toward the Antichrist. It's where it's leading. Yeah. Speaking of war in Ezekiel 38 and 39, this is from foxnews.com, dated January 4th, just yesterday. A report says Russia is moving forward with Iran uh, on a deal to purchase ballistic missiles now, from Iran, which this, is amazing. I thought it would have been the other way what around. First, well, it has been. This is what's so interesting about this article. Russia has been supplying Iran with missiles. Now Iran is supplying Russia. But here's what happened. They sold a lot of their missiles to Iran. Now Iran has those missiles. They've used their missiles up in Ukraine. <laughs> now they're going to buy need, back. <laughs> they need some supplies. Yeah, they need supplies. So listen, this Russia is reportedly oh moving forward with a deal to purchase short-range ballistic missiles from Iran. The Wall Street Journal uh, first reported uh, on the tentative sale agreement on Thursday, citing unnamed U.S. officials. The officials said the missiles would boost Russia's ability to target Ukrainian infrastructure at a time when support for continued U.S. military assistance for Kiev, or however you say that word again, I I hear it different ways, but either way, is waning in Congress. The United States is concerned. Kiev. Yep. I I mean, I've heard Kiev, and I've heard others say Kiev. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Either way, the United (laughs) States is concerned that Russian negotiations to acquire close-range ballistic missiles from Iran are actively advancing, one of the U.S. officials told the journal. We assess that Russia intends to purchase missile systems from Iran. Now, I don't know that these are all ones that Russia sold them. Maybe Russia lacks on their their, their short range because, you know, Iran, that's really all they can develop right now. So they would have a, a large supply of the only thing they can develop, right? So I don't know. It doesn't tell us whether or not Russia sold them and they're buying some back or whether or not they're just produced there and now Iran's selling them to them. But here's regardless of that. The interesting thing we've already mentioned in this is that Russia is seeking out Iran to get missiles. That's number one, that they would even need to do that. Number two, uh, remember the cooperation militarily between Iran and Russia. Uh, Russia is the one that agreed with Iran that they would help them militarily because they needed the help. And now Iran goes, okay, we made this agreement. So Russia goes, all right, now we need help, so help us. And you got this little scratching each other's back thing going on. It just Again, strengthens the relationship. Le- yes, it does. Leading right into that Ezekiel War. Yeah. Amazing. It is amazing. It really is. I'm sure we'll see more articles on this as the year progresses. Absolutely. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right. This is from the Gateway Pundit. Bricks Group. And by the way, this is spelled B-R-I-C-S, not B-R-I-C-K-S. Enters 2024 with five new members. Welcome to the club. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Joined by Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Egypt, Iran, and Ethiopia. Yes. So explain how this is going to affect the quote-unquote one world economy. Well, again, this is a whole new alternative um, uh, financial economy that they're they're trying to develop. It's been Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates are all kind of involved in right now and and trying to uh, basically have something to battle the dollar. 
Um, you know, it's it's um, it, the BRICS nations encompass about thirty percent of the world's land service, forty five percent of the global population, and um, and so they're they're trying to basically unite to again do damage to the dollar. Now, before I even read this, let me say this, Greg. I don't think we're in a place we can do away with the dollar. Uh, the dollar could collapse. The dollar probably will readjust. Many people believe this year will be the readjusting of the dollar in the market, kind of like an 08 type thing where we're seeing a drop in the value of money and that kind of readjustment because it's just gotten crazy with inflation and all these yes, other things. Yes. And that happens every so often. Yeah. With that said... So a market correction is what you're I think anticipating. We'll, I, I think we will see very likely see a market correction very possibly in 2024. But as far as a lot of people out there saying, well, the dollar is going to be done away with and just be out of the picture, completely taken over by bricks. I don't think that's possible. And the reason I say that's not yet possible, maybe sometime down the road, a few years as they develop things. But the reason I don't think so is the dollar right now is too intertwined in every single economy in the world. And if you just yank the dollar out, no economy could survive. They would all just totally collapse. So I don't think you're going to see the dollar disappear anytime soon, but I could, you could see a devaluation of the dollar sometime soon. And what BRICS is, is again, is, is people saying, look, we see that the dollar's on a bad road. It can't go on forever like this. And so, and plus, we don't want America controlling everything. Really, one of the driving forces for coming up with BRICS, a whole new currency, a whole new uh, uh, financial uh, uh, development, Greg, was the fact that when America gets upset with somebody, they can just shut off their money. And they're like, wait a minute, we don't want you being able to shut our money. Russia was really, really screaming yeah, about that. Exactly. You're shutting our money off. We'll just, we're going to get our own money. And China involved in this, too. Yeah, and also, they're, they're very wise in that. Yeah. They're now basing this on gold, real value, rather than just paper. Right now, our money is based on paper. There's nothing to back it up. Yeah. They have real gold they're trying to build up for this whole thing, so they have a new currency backed by something that really has value. So how does that play into, Pastor Mark, the scripture verse that talks about that they will be throwing their gold in the streets? Well, again, two different things now. You're talking about a, a currency of money that's paper right. that's backed by gold. Yes. And then you're talking secondly about... But, but if about, the backing is, is, becomes worthless... Right, but I think it's more of... I don't think you're going to see governments throwing it out the back door. I think what you're going to see is this is talking about more individuals that are hoarding gold in the last days. Okay. There's a lot of people that are buying gold right now. And yes. they're storing gold up. And I'm not saying yes. that's a bad thing. Gold is a real asset that has real money. But once the Great Tribulation starts, it doesn't matter how much of that real asset you have uh, that is hidden underground or in, in safes or wherever. Nobody's going to take it. It can't buy you anything because the famine will be so great. There's going to be such an enormous famine worldwide that the gold will be worthless because even though you're the richest person in the world, there's nothing to buy. You follow me? Mm-hmm. So when there's nothing to buy out of frustration and they're all dying, it's just going to be just going to be throwing everything money. Literally, it's going to be throwing gold in the streets and just trying to find food and do whatever to survive. So you've got I don't think, you've got a thing where the governments have something backing themselves in gold. Then you've got individuals hoarding gold, and I think it's the hoarding gold it talks about in Revelation where they be throwing that out in the streets. And in, in the prophetic timeline, exactly when is that supposed to happen? So that's during the God's judgment it would in the appear, second half it would appear of the Great Tribulation. It would appear that's in the time of the famines and all that that's going so on. So not right now. So if you have gold, don't think tomorrow you're going to be throwing it in the street. Well, but if you do want to throw your gold out, let me know <laughs> what your address is and where you live. We have free and, pickup. Well, yeah, we, we have, offer we free have, pickup. Yes, we will do waste management. The signs we'll of the by. Times truck will yes, come by. Yes, I'll let Greg drive it. I'll hold on to the back. <laughs> We'll come by, scoop it up, drop the big bucket in the back of the truck, and we'll drive off. Money, 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 money. Yeah, it'll it'll be a drive-by. A new kind of drive-by. Well, let me read some of the okay, article. Yes. Anyway, in a multipolar world, uh, BRICS countries means to put this new reality to their advantage as much as they can. Saudi State TV celebrated that the kingdom would officially join the BRICS block of countries. And I quote from Reuters. 
Saudi Arabia's foreign minister had said in August the kingdom would study the detail before the proposed January 1st joining date, which we just passed, and take the appropriate decision. Uh, Prince Fasel bin Farhan had said that BRICS group was a beneficial and important channel to strengthen economic cooperation. He continued strong ties with the U.S. Saudi Arabia has increasingly pursued its own path out of uh, concern that Washington is less committed to the Gulf security than in the past. So they're saying, look, we can't depend on the dollar and, and Washington as a group. Uh, to take care of us. So we're gonna, we're gonna start looking toward linking up at least with another group that can link. If, if America falls through, we have a second option. And really, there's wisdom in this as far as Saudi Arabia goes. And, um, so what you're seeing is this, it's just kind of, it's just kind of hovering out there, Greg. This BRICS thing's not going away. Yeah. It's these two alternative worlds, the dollar trying to be replaced. Uh, they are using wisdom by backing it with something that really has real value as compared to the, our money that has nothing to back it with. If we lose the value, there's nothing to give anybody or get back. If their money loses value, they at least have the gold in the vaults to give some measure of value back. And so it's really being done the way we should have kept it. We should still have gold basing our money today. That was yeah. a big mistake. And uh, and really, I think it'd be wise for us long term, if we want to see the dollar continue on, we're going to need to start basing it on gold again. But I don't see that happening. Because so, you, can't, you can't print it and print it and print it and print it and print it. If it's, if it's right. backed by real gold, you can't just print what you want. Now they can print what they want exactly. and just keep playing this whole debt game. Uh, when we talk about the revived Roman Empire and that one world government yeah. of which the currency will come under the control of that government, right? whatever that one currency ends up being. And we've talked about before, we think it'll become regional at first. Yeah. you know, And this could be what it is. But at what point do you see the European Union which we think will be the center of this one world government, you know, coming out of, of, of Rome. Um, when do you see them asserting, I, I'm not hearing them asserting, no, 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 let's, let's, let's come together on this. Right. And, and kind of take a lead in forming a more global currency, even if it starts out regionally yeah. at first. Yeah. Well, I think when you see this digital stuff start kicking in, Greg, it's okay. going to be easy to do. Okay. It depends on who has the lever. Because once this goes digital, then it's a matter of, all right, we have digital currency. we got something we can all use. The dollar will still be there, all these other currencies. But if the dollar then collapses, if it goes down in value, okay, right. and you have a digital currency in place that is backed by gold or other things such as bricks or whatever, I think at that point, that's when the Antichrist can step on and say, okay, we have a new now digital currency. It may not be – it's no national necessarily. It's not – may not be bricks. It may not be the dollar. It may just be here's the world currency, and they kick it into gear because that's all we have. Now, that brings up another question, because the Bible indicates to us that the one world government will already be in existence when the Antichrist comes on the scene and takes three of the the countries out or the regions out, however that ends up being, and asserts himself in control of the whole thing. So are you saying that we won't have a we we might have a one world government, but we won't have a one world currency until he comes on the scene and says, "Okay, this is what we're doing," no. or will even the currency even be in place when he shows up? No, I I personally believe we don't know the timing of everything, okay. but I personally yeah, believe that the digital currency will happen could happen at any time. Okay, so I think that could easily be in place and okay. him step on the scene, but it's just linking all the countries' currencies together in their own denominator or their own currencies, Currency, right? Yeah, but in a digital format. Yeah, and Greg, let me just make a comment yeah. too about the uh, the the world governments being in place there are those that argue that's already done hmm. there are those right now that say our our president's a puppet america's going along with china and all these others they've already put together the world government but they hadn't told the world yet 
it's all behind the scenes in place, and, and a lot of that comes into play. The wording they suggest that possibly is going to play into that is in Daniel 9, it says, uh, he, will confirm, he will confirm a covenant with many for seven years. And that is as though the covenant's in place in the background, but not yet confirmed. Right. And he, he didn't comes create in, it. He's confirming and it. And here's the, all the governments are already agreeing. And it would appear oftentimes in the way the world's working, it looks like the governments are behind the scenes all agreeing. So some would argue, and I think there's merit to it, that yeah. there's already this formulation that's together, but it's not been officially rolled out to the world. Then he'll step out, confirm it, roll it out to the world when there's this major war and collapse, and boom, it just kicks in. So again, we don't know, but it, it, you know, it may not be like we're looking to watch for 10 na- uh, groups that come together. Yeah. It may be they're already together, and the announcement is just made. Now, I could see a lot of weaker nations doing that, but I can't see, and again, this is just me looking at it from my limited horizontal viewpoint here, I can't see countries like China and Russia, who they themselves would rather rule the world, yeah. be in agreement to this behind the scenes. It is weird, but here's it the is thing. Weird. It is. Here's the thing. What I do see is America and other nations capitulating to China. Hmm. Okay, I don't now see that, China capitulating see, yeah. to others exactly, but I'm hearing, hey, we heard our own again. It was it was Gavin Newsom who probably will end up running for president. He himself came out and said, "Look, he's it, a disciple of Klaus Schwab." By yeah, way. it's it's him and some others that were coming out saying, "Look, if you want to see the best model in the world, it's China. Yeah. China's got the best model in the world that we all need to follow." Interesting, and yeah, and so you're seeing some of these guys, and I believe I, I think it was just San, I, I'm not DeSantis. I think it was uh, Gavin Newsom that said yeah. that, but it's one of these major you know contender leader type guys. They're talking about how they respect China and that we need to look toward China being the the mold that we all follow. Who would have ever thought that? And yet, there seems to be this. And then we see what happened, Greg. Look, now we know this this weather balloon that came over from China. Yeah. It's now been released and on the news. I saw it on Fox News and released by the government that they knew the whole time and they allowed them to do that. They knew before they came in. They allowed them to cross the country. And then they, and then they of course, shot it down once they were done at the other end of the country. So the whole question comes up as to why. Okay, I can't get into the whys. I don't know why. But they mm. uh, they allowed China to do that. And now we're still capitulating to China. It's almost like behind the scenes, it almost looks like the world is turning the world over to China. Now, I, I see Europe is going to be the one we know that's going to take over. It's not China. So, so there still could be a power struggle here. There's something's going on that's not a complete picture because right. it's not going to be China taking the world over. The world right now is capitulating to China. They're really allowing them to do pretty much what they want. They're following the Chinese model, if you will. Um, but there's it's going to be Europe that's going to be where this uh, this whole thing comes out of. So I think you're going to see a link into it. I think you'll see China get involved in the Great Tribulation, right? Right. But China's not going to be the one leading. It's going to be this revived Roman mm. Empire out of Europe that's leading this thing. But I'm, this whole capitulation of China to me is very, very intriguing. Have you seen any kind of Chinese connection to the World Economic Forum in any way, shape, or form? Well, I mean, you know, of course, he speaks there. You know, on a regular basis. Okay. I think he's been there the last two times. And they, the last time, I think it was his introduction, Greg, in this last year, where they said what a great example and model he is for the world. They really were lifting him up. Interesting. Um, yes, okay. it's very, very interesting. Because Gavin Newsom, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, right. are, are two that I know of in our hemisphere right. that are disciples of Klaus Schwab and the Econom- World Economic Forum. Right. So, And you can see the governance between the country of Canada and the state of California, yeah. very similar. Yes. Well, like I said, I, I, I know that right now, I don't think that there's going to be, I mean, a lot of America is not going to just, you know, allow that to happen, but there seems to be a very, a, a group that's, yeah. that's together 
there's going to have to be the removal of a massive amount of people at one time yeah. that are resistors yeah. in order for the 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 United States and those around the world to acquiesce to this new system. I wonder. I don't know what that could be. Yeah, that's that's a good point. What could that be? I don't know. It I don't could know. Be, maybe it'll be preceded or followed quickly by a trumpet. But um, yeah, we're not too sure. Eggs are going to roll. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's look at some growing anti-Semitism, otherwise known as Jew hate. This is dated December 26th from Fox News. 2023 was the year campus anti-Semitism finally got its reckoning after college students cheer for terrorism. Uh, we know that the students have cheered for terrorism, Pastor Mark, but explain how they got their reckoning. Yeah, and I don't think they got their full reckoning, okay. but I think what they're saying is, hey, they finally got exposed here of okay. how anti-Semitic they are. Interesting, too, uh, uh, Jonah Cohen, what a name. Uh, this is a, yes. a descendant of the priest of Aaron. Yes. Yeah, the priestly line, the Kohanim. Jonah Cohen, <laughs> a communications director of the Committee for Accuracy of Middle East Reporting in America, told Fox News Digital, and I quote, Americans are beginning, and he's right in this, beginning to awaken to the presence of extremists and anti-Semitic ideologies prevailing in our universities. That's right. It's, it's for, I think it's the first time it's really been in our face. You knew it was there, but boy, is it in our face. Israel declared war against Hamas after the terrorist group infiltrated the country on the 7th of October, firing thousands of rockets, and again, it tells the whole story there, 1200 Israelis, etc. The October 7th terrorist attacks by Hamas exposed systemic Jew hatred on college campuses, and indeed it did. He says, like never before. Now, this is a different Brooke Goldstein of the Lawfare Project told Fox News. Both of these, again, Jewish Goldstein and Cohen. Uh, following these events, protests broke out on college campuses and pro-Palestinian demonstrations frightened Jewish students for, in many cases, sympathizing with Hamas crimes and justifying them, which blows my mind. The barbarity and pure evil of the unspeakable acts committed by these terrorists against civilians, men, women, and children shocked the world. But what was just as shocking was what we saw next. College students and faculty cheering these attacks, Goldstein said. See, here's the thing, Greg, that we've known for years. Not just about anti-Semitism, but all the higher learning. It is a bastion of liberal thought. Everything that leads away from God, that leads away from the Bible, that leads away... And it's it's in the universities. And youth is oftentimes when the enemy attacks and takes advantage because, again, just not really understanding the world yet, not fully developed in the brain and all these things that go with that. But it's very effective because it's the next generation. And if you can lock them into this false teaching and this false ideology and then let them become the leaders of the nation or the leaders of the world, I mean, again, all it takes is one generation to turn a nation away from what's right and go the wrong direction. And we see now what's happened in America. It's shocking, and I think you see the older people looking at it going, oh, my goodness, and, and you see a lot of the wealthier Jews who are donating to these universities going, oh, my goodness. So there is a repercussion of them backing out financially or other people waking up, but I don't see this train stopping. I see kind of like um, like putting the brakes on and kind of hiding, you know, pulling the shades down so people can't see what's going on. I think this train's going to keep on barreling right down the track uh, unless you completely just just gutted all the leadership of every university. They're taking out a leader here and there is not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to continue down that track with the same destruction toward not only anti-Semitism, but all these liberal ideologies that are opposed to God. Well, you know, and, and it brings to mind just how one prophecy interlocks into another, such as, you know, that the whole world will, um, will turn against Israel. Israel will become a stumbling stone to all the nations. We're seeing this through this hatred of the Jews. At the same time, this exposed a Harvard, what the president of Harvard yep. 
what was her name? Her last name is Gay. Uh, Gay. I forget her first I can't name. Her yep. name. Okay, so now uh, the quote unquote reverend. Al Sharpton has now used this as a race issue. He uses everything as a race I, I, issue. Exactly. But, but, but Claudine here, Gay. Claudine, Claudine Gay. Gay. Yeah. But now here comes Matthew 24. You know, ethnic group will rise against ethnic group. That's right. They, they play off of each other. And so it's this... It's almost this perfect storm. It's like all these prophecies almost feel like they're in a blender right now. Yes, absolutely. And it's, and it's hard to distinguish... The, the prophecies that are that are being fulfilled at the same time because they so interlock with one another. Yeah, well, they all they're all going to be happening at the same time. Exactly. You're right. You know, let me read that, yeah. Greg, to our listeners. I want them yeah. to hear this again. So it may be new, especially for people just tuning in. But but it talks about in the last days. Here's what's, here's what's going to be happening. It says, um, for, "For many will come in my name, saying, i 'I'm the Christ.' There'll be wars and rumors of wars. We see that we now. See that, yeah. And again, for for those that are new listening, it doesn't mean there's never been those. It's an increase, and it's an intensity like a like birth pangs coming, going, coming, going, getting worse each time. Um, and it says all these things must come to pass. For um, ethnic group must rise against ethnic group, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be uh, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. So it says nation will rise against nation. Well, the word is ethnos. So I, I basically literally translated it for you. It says, it says ethnic group will rise against ethnic group. What that means is in America, you're going to see greater and greater racial tensions. In Europe, greater and greater racial tensions. All over the world, greater and greater racial tensions. It's not just here where we had all those the, the black and white issues and all the things that were happening over the last few years. It, look, it's happening in the Middle East uh, between different uh, Muslim groups. Between the Jews and the Muslims? This is um, global. It right. is global everywhere, and you're going to see more and more tension. So, again, don't think just because things have died down uh, from some of the fires we saw in the cities and some of the marches for you know, whatever the cause was, that somebody did something wrong and it, the court case didn't go as somebody wanted or whatever. Satan knows that we have a sin nature, and he knows that he can, he, if he can excite our emotions and our mindset and our ideology, then he can get us, he can pit us against each other. And calls um, you know, chaos and, and destruction. Yeah. That's his goal, and he's going to be doing ethnic group against ethnic group, trying to do that. You know, I, I had um, um, a discussion. I've been talking with a couple of different people here recently uh, from a different ethnicity than I have. I'll leave it at that. And and how refreshing it is to hear their level of understanding of what's going on, mm. because what they're telling me is is that they recognize that it's easy to be in whatever our ethnic group is, whether it be white, black, Chinese, Muslim, Jewish, whatever. We can be in our group, and because of our emotions tied to our group, it can taint the way we see the scriptures. It can taint the way we see what's true and what's false. And what we were talking about in our discussions, and I've had more than one in the last like two weeks, uh, what we were talking about was is what Christians have got to be able to do. We have got to be able to rise above our color. We've got to be able to rise above our ethnicity. We've got to be able to rise above our people group. And, and, and judge right and wrong based on the Bible. Amen. Not, not what our group believes yeah. or defending our people. You know, it's not about that. It's saying, look, we have got to say, regard, look, forget, forget white people. If the Bible says this, that's what we've got, then we've got, and if, if, if the white ethnic group or whatever, if we don't see it the right way because of something that's happened in our past or the way we view things, then we've got to change. We've got to go to the word and say, look, I'm wrong about this. Here's what the Bible says, and the Bible is the standard. It's not about ethnic groups or ethnic backgrounds. So the, the thing that broke my heart, Greg, was not just seeing the, the 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 racial tensions, the ethnic tensions, I'll put it that way, that Satan was causing in America, but seeing that come into the church and seeing the church now, you know, this kind of division between ethnic groups and the church. 
That should never happen. When you go back, we're going through the book of Acts now on Sunday morning. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about this some this mm. Sunday. That's why it's kind of fresh in my mind as well, and maybe why God allowed me to have those conversations this last week. But it talks about all the different people groups from all different backgrounds that were together in the church. I mean, they're all different backgrounds from all over the world, and it's right. naming where they're from, what they did. There is not one mention of, and this ethnic group had trouble with that group, and that group had trouble with that. None of that's mentioned. You know what they were? They were Christians, and they all loved Jesus, and they all loved each other, and they didn't care what color anybody was. They didn't care where they were from. They didn't care what their ethnicity was. It was Jesus Here's what the Bible says. Here's the word of God. They loved each other. They went out and shared the gospel with everybody to bring everybody into the kingdom to fill up the table of the Lord and to fill heaven up. That's what we've got to stay focused on as a church. So I make a plea to you, regardless of your background ethnicity wise, um, you know, listening to this program today, you've got to rise above whatever your people group is to to match the word of God. And, 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 and this goes to every single group. I include myself in this, all of us. We have to, because that's where the standard is. And what breaks my heart is to see certain groups stand against the word of God because it benefits their ethnic group. You cannot do that. You've got to say, okay, even if it hurts our ethnic group, we're going to stand with the word of God. That's what matters. That's what's going to be held up. God's truth lasts forever. None of this down here does. And so, uh, anyway, I, I, you're going to see more and more of these tensions rising yeah, up in the last day. Well, you are. And I mean, look, yeah. we had a big contraction a couple of years ago, right? We sure did. And it kind of faded down. Now, things are calmed down. You watch. There's going to be something's going to happen. And there's going to be a big contraction that's going to take place. Now what we're seeing is between ethnic groups is Jews and Palestinians. Yes. And you're seeing this big contraction right now with Jews and Palestinians. They're at each other's throat. It's now bled into America where I talked about you saw these Palestinians yelling at Jews publicly in the mall there in New Jersey, threatening them, even attacking them physically, if I'm not mistaken, on Fox News today talking about that. And that's that's another. Those are two ethnic groups that are now attacking each other. Satan is just exacerbating it. He's making it worse because he's using the situation. So remember, it's not limited to any one or particular two particular ethnic groups. It is everybody. Anybody can get at each other's throat. He's going to do it. And if you're a saved Palestinian and you're a saved Jew, you are a part of the church of Jesus Christ. And that means the Jewish people, if you know the Lord, you have to rise above what your ethnic group believes and just go to the word of God. If you're a Palestinian, if you're a Palestinian and you know the Lord, you've got to rise above what the other Palestinians believe and go to the word of God. And that's where the Jew and Palestinian can not only come together, they can love each other because it's not based on your group or your people group. It's based on Jesus Christ, the blood, the cross, salvation, heaven, and we've all got to do it, whatever. So that's where the contraction is right now. But I'm saying it won't stay there. It's going to move to other groups. You watch. It's going to happen. And um, and as it does, there's been some other, even in, in, in Greg and the Arabic community right now, there's been tensions between the Palestinians and Egypt and Jordan because they won't take any of their refugees. So you're seeing some of those tensions building mm. there. So, again, you know, we tend to think here in America some of the black-white issues that we've had. But this is worldwide. The black-white issue in America is not even inflamed right now. It's kind of died down some. Uh, although it's always simmering there, but it's died down. Now this is more of the Palestinian Jew ethnic issue going on. But again, I know I don't mean to belabor this, but yeah. I'm saying Christians, you got to hear me Absolutely. on this. We have got to rise above anything that we stand with our people group, and we need to realize who's our people group. It's Jesus Christ and all of His children. The Bible says our kingdom, our world is is our city is not of this world. We have a city not made with hands. 
in the kingdom of heaven. And I can promise you, when we all step into the glory of the kingdom, there's not going to be anybody worried or arguing about their ethnic background. We're going to be loving each other with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're going to love Jesus Christ. We're going to honor him. We're going to praise him. And it's going to be one gigantic, beautiful, loving family forever in the kingdom of God. I can't wait. Yeah. But it should be that way in the church now. So that's what we need to pray for. And we need to rise above and stand on the word of God. All right. Good word, Pastor Mark. Amen. All right, let's take a look at some pestilence, plagues, disasters, corruption. Really, this is uh, what Pastor Mark was talking about from Matthew 24. Earthquakes in various places and on the increase. Fox weather reporting uh, from January 3rd. This actually happened on New Year's Day. Earthquake yeah. leaving at least 65 dead along Japan's western coast. I don't know if that has Incre- well, update says 84 dead, yep. but that but that was from January 3rd. Two I don't know ago. if that's changed. Today's the 5th. Yep. If those numbers have increased, nevertheless, this happened right at the beginning of 2024. Yeah, yeah. And again, that probably has gone up since then, Greg, yeah. sadly. But you know what? How interesting. At the beginning of a brand new year, it's almost like this, I hate to say omen, almost like this sign of things to come. It's like, I mean, the year started and kaboom. Yeah. And I, I, I am concerned that this will be a very kaboom year. Now, we don't worry. As believers, we trust the Lord. Yeah. But concern in the sense of what's going to be happening down here is going to get very interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, this again, out of Japan, a series of powerful earthquakes hit Western Japan on Monday, causing widespread damage and claiming the lives of at least 65 people. Now, well, now we know at least 84. Yeah. Now the race is on to search for any additional survivors and get badly needed relief supplies in hard hit areas. Now look at this. To make this, it's bad enough. You have this gigantic earthquake. This makes it worse. Listen how this compounds. Bad weather, freezing temperatures, and hundreds of aftershocks since the initial magnitude 7.5 earthquake have only added additional challenges to relief efforts. Again, in addition to that, notice this. Tsunami waves hit Japan's western seaboard. Now, nothing like we saw a few years back where that massive wave came in, but the, the tsunami wave hit the western seaboard. People in coastal areas were forced to evacuate to higher ground while the water swept cars and houses away. So it was a big deal. I mean, this look, I say not as bad. It took houses and cars, but remember last time it caught them by surprise, and you saw all those people that were killed, and we saw the images of this massive wave coming. It was just, it was horrible what happened uh, last time. Uh, as many as 33,000 people have evacuated their homes, and some areas have no access to water or electricity as temperatures drop below freezing. It's about a miserable, miserable. And we need to be praying for the people of Japan, guys. Just be lifting them up. You know that God would use this for those who don't know Him to drive them to Him. But just mercy on them. Um, The temperature dropped to thirty degrees at Noto uh, Tuesday morning, and so you know, again, you're looking at freezing temperatures, tsunamis, earthquakes. I, you know, I, I, I look at what happens around the world, Greg, and I know this happens all over the world. But wow, we are in a very protected area. I mean, we really are blessed. blessed. I mean, we don't have, yeah, we get these little tiny earthquakes. Yeah, we have an occasional tornado. You know, really, the, it, Nashville's gets the bad stuff. We get something hits the side of a hill and goes back up or whatever. We're in a very protected area, but our heart goes out to those that are in these places where they're just getting walloped. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, the earthquake, the horror of that, then the multiple earthquakes after that, then tsunamis come in, sweep away homes and cars, and you got to move it. It's almost like an episode from Job. I mean, yeah, and then you have all the freezing temperatures. It's almost like a precursor to the Great Tribulation going on. These guys are really hurting over there, and so be praying for Japan and realize this is just a, this is, why is this happening? Romans 8.22, it says in the last days, the earth will be groaning, and so, excuse me. 
had to cough there. I shouldn't have said excuse me on the air. But either way, um, you see there in Matthew 24, it talks about the earthquakes. And so you have the earthquakes that are happening. This is all a part of, again, these contractions. And you're going to see larger earthquakes. You're going to see greater waves of earthquakes. Um, and we're going to see more of this, sadly enough. That's what the Bible mm-hmm. warns. What the Lord said would happen as we get toward the end. So it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But then it gets really good when Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ comes back. Yeah. All right, let's visit the Methodist Church just for a moment. We won't go in the church. We'll just stay on the outside and look in to see that Christianity Today is telling us that the Methodist Church has now issued guidance discouraging the use of the terms husband and wife. Yeah, and let me clarify. This is the church in Britain. Oh, this is Britain. This okay. is the grace in Great Britain. This is okay. not in America, and I don't know how, how this is. Of course, the American Methodist but I, Church I was should not say, put up how, with it. How many times, Pastor Mark, have you said yeah. what we see happening in England yep. makes its way to the United States? It does. It starts over there, I think, because they're weaker spiritually, and then it, fly, it, it, it yep. finds its way. We see the same thing with California. You see this, all yep. the wickedness will start in California and then work its way here because you see the weaker areas spiritually uh, work their way gradually to the stronger areas spiritually. In the South, there's a stronger area spiritually. That's not a, a pride statement. That's just a fact. Yeah. But what's sad about this is, Greg, we've been watching. And I, again, I want to make it clear. This is not every Methodist person. This is not every Methodist church. There are strong Methodist believers out there maybe listening to this program. God bless you. That's why there's there, been division. That's right. That's right. There are strong Methodist churches out there. And I know I have a very good friend who's a strong believer in Jesus Christ and was a Methodist pastor here in Knoxville many years. And I know there's other Methodist churches that stand on the Word of God, love God, and serve Him. So when I talk about this article and read this, we're not attacking the Methodist church. That's just the way this this reads. The, the sad part is more and more of the Methodist church is going down this wrong path. And so if you want to stay on the right path, you're going to have to pull away from them and have your own Methodist group that stands with the Word of God or else get out of it altogether. And, of course, we see this now. Happening in Britain, it's it's just again when they say Greg, they're discouraging the use of husband and wife. What they're saying is we're we're encouraging you not to believe the word of God anymore and not to use the word of God anymore because this is God. God said man and it's woman, his and they'll be husband and wife. God said this. This is not people. It's not our invention. But let me read some this this anger. This, this article angers me, and now because it's so in God's face. But listen to what it says. The Methodist Church in Great Britain released an inclusive language guide. Um, this month, advising Methodists to avoid using gendered terms such as husband and wife, which is what God came up with, because such allegedly assumes what is not the reality for many people. So because many people aren't obeying the word of God, we need to do away with the word of God and placate the people. See why this is so upsetting? You yes. never do away with the word of God to placate people. You you stand on the word of God and you let the people repent and turn to the word of God. You know what's scary, Pastor Mark, that the leadership is basically saying we have no fear of God, but we have every fear of man yeah and and here's what makes it worse to me we're going to read the rest of the article yeah. Greg, but here's yeah. what makes it even worse look i expect the world to do this yes i'm not mad at the world no for getting confused on gender i'm not mad at the world for being inclusive i'm not mad at the world for trying to do away with husband and wife it's upsetting but i'm not mad at them they're unsaved they don't know christ you expect they don't know his word look i expect sinners to sin i expect the unbeliever to act like an unbeliever i get it okay i you know once we're saved we still struggle with sin right but here's what bothers me when those who take the name of Christ, when those who say they're the church, when they stand on evil teachings like this, that's what makes my yes. blood boil. These are the people that Jesus called a brood of vipers. vipers. Exactly. Yes. He, let me go on. It says, as Christians, we need to have the courage. Listen to this. This is just even to get you matter. 
We have to have the courage for conversations that sometimes can be difficult to recognize that we sometimes exclude people, to listen with humility, to repent of any hurtful language, and take care of how we listen, of what we say and write in the Spirit of Christ. God's Word is hurtful language. That's what they're saying. We need to repent for preaching the Word of God. Wow. We need to repent for standing on Jesus Christ. We need to repent. That is blasphemy. It is blasphemy. That is that is direct from the mind of Satan. I just, I just this stuff drives me nuts. Yes. Again, but again, we know we know there's going to be the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. Look, they've been around since Christ. They're going to be around today. The God that's offered as a general principle, the idea that there is infinite variety in the way that God's creation is, is expressed in human life, and offered husband and wife as examples of terminology that may sound um, inoffensive, but makes assumptions. So they're saying, look, we don't want to do anything that God has said that's offensive. We need to get rid of. So God, you, you're being offensive. We got to get rid of what you've, you know, you said you made a male and female, uh, a woman shall leave her husband or leave her parents and be joined to her husband and become one, the man. And they're saying, no, I'm sorry, God, you missed that. And we need to, they're correcting God. God, we, you know, we're, we're sorry, guys. We're sorry that God made this big mistake and we're here to fix it. I mean, the arrogance, the blasphemy, this is where now you see why Jesus, you know, said, you know, you, you, you brood of vipers. Now you see why John the Baptist said, who warned you the rat to come? You know, don't come down or pretending to be religious. You need to repent and then come yeah. back. You know, that we need more John the Baptist today yes. for these guys. The guide goes on to list extensive categories of people with whom Methodists are advised to use sensitive and inclusive language when addressing minorities that have been marginalized and demonized by the common culture. Again, let me say, I know this does not relate to every Methodist, nor every Methodist church. There are wonderful, strong Methodist churches, wonderful, strong Methodists. But for those in Britain and anybody here that would agree with that, this is very dangerous. You need to get away from it as fast as you can. Well, and I would say, Pastor Mark, that this ideology is is not just exclusive to the Methodist church. It's not. This is this is to any group of quote unquote yeah. Christians yeah. who have denied the word of God yeah. and have more fear of man and the fear of culture. Yeah. And and the culture is now their doctrine. You're right. You're right. It's just the Methodist Church, this branch yes, of the Methodist this, Church yes. has decided to step out and verbalize it. And yeah. there are others that probably agree with this, but they haven't done that. And um you know I don't care what group it is. You know, Calvary Chapel. If this happens at Calvary yeah, Chapel, absolutely. then run, run, run from Calvary Chapel if this happens because it's false teaching. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just I know. I'm, unfortunately, we're probably going to see more of this. And, I, I, well, yeah, we, there's going to be a falling away from the faith in the last days. We are going to see more of this. Well, and can you not see how this would lead that same church to do away with wedding ceremonies? Well, and Greg, see, that's the next thing that I want to bring up about this, and we talked about it last week. Um, we talked last week about the Pope saying they, they, they weren't going to... Um, they were going to bless same-sex unions, and all these unions that you weren't getting married... So it wasn't really against the word of God. Right. You're just kind of getting a blessing. And now we see them do the same thing. I think it's going to lead to that. They're going to say, you know what? Since we're doing away with these offensive terms of man and woman, husband and wife, now we just need to bless unions. And it goes back to Thessalonians where we talked about it. It says in the last days, there'll be the forbidding of meat. And we talked about already how they're trying to stop people from eating steaks and meat because of the environment and cattle and all those kind of things. And and I, I used to wonder, how in the world are they going to start saying forbidding to marry? Well, think about it. Um, if you just say, let's do away with marriage in our group, it won't be everybody, but our group say it's that particular Methodist group or the Pope or the Catholic Church or whatever. If they do away with marriage, then they can say, we'll bless your unions, but we're not going to bless marriage. That is forbidding to marry in essence and saying, yeah, you can still be together, but we're not going to make this an official marriage because husband and wife is wrong. It just shows you again how, how twisted man gets when we turn away from the word of God, we turn away from the truth. This may be, Greg, the beginning of the fulfillment of that particular prophecy. Well, and that does away with the whole uh, uh, institution of the family. 
yeah. in the family unit. That's right. And God's design for the family and the family structure and parenting for children that are created by these quote unquote unions. I mean, this the way that this could de- degenerate and deteriorate are, are can happen in ways that are just unfathomable to us right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is a total dismantling of God's creation. And God, we talked about it right yeah. before the show. If you want to see something interesting, go back and read Genesis 1 and look at everything God instituted and then read your newspaper. You'll find that everything God said yes. is now being reversed by Satan. Saying, oh yeah, male and female, nope, you can be whatever. Oh, husband and wife, nope, can't be husband and wife. Creation, nope, nope, now we worship creation. We need to protect the environment rather than worship God. Everything God put in order, Satan is now trying to say, I'm God, I'm going to rewrite it, I'm going to do away with it. Yeah. And so we see it underway, and the Lord has to come back and correct it all before it's all just totally demolished. But that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, we can certainly use some good news. Always. And always. And, uh, and this actually ties back to what Pastor Mark's comments were regarding what's happening in the nation of Israel right now in terms of the good news that's happening and then all the bad news in Israel. Yes. And this comes from Israel 365 News dated December 25th. Uh, Knesset member, basically their Congress, declares from the podium there in the Knesset, I believe in the Messiah. Yeah. Now, again, don't get your hopes up too okay, much. Okay. It's not. A, they're not saying she, this person is not going to so say this they is believe. kind of good news. Yes. You no, know, it's good news. Okay. Here's what's happening. They're not going to say she didn't say she believed in Jesus. What she's saying is, but you got to remember, the majority of Israel is secular. Yes. And they don't really even honor God. Right. So for them to stand up and say, I believe in God, that's a big first step. I believe there will be a Messiah is what she's saying. We don't know who it is. She didn't believe it's Jesus. But what it is, God is conditioning the nation to get ready to see that Jesus is, is. their Messiah. Yes. This is the good news. Likud member Knesset Galit Destel Atbaryan addressed the plenum on Wednesday. And despite self-identifying as non-religious, her address praised the messianic manifestations appearing among the IDF in Gaza. We've been watching the soldiers sing these messianic songs. I saw that video. Yes. They're, they're singing about they believe in the Messiah before they go into battle. I'm telling you, foxholes change things. Yeah. Distel Arbitron, um, Arbion described a gathering of hundreds of soldiers singing Ani Ma'amin, which means I believe, before going into combat in Gaza. The song's words were, I believe with perfect faith in the coming of the Messiah. And though he tarry, I will wait daily for his coming. That's what they were singing, the military. It is the 12th um, uh, uh, of Maminatus, 13-point version of the principles of faith. He was a famous uh, uh, Jewish author uh, of faith in the declaration of a belief that the Messiah will surely come. My Messiah, she said, commands me to dream of peace. My Messiah commands me to wish for brotherhood between nations. My Messiah is eternal. Um, so is ours. Uh, I want to use this opportunity to stand in the Knesset of Israel in 2023 and say with great pride, I, member of the Knesset, Galit Distel Atbayon, believe with complete faith in the coming of the Messiah, and even if he delays, I will wait for him every day uh, to arrive, and he will come quickly. Uh, and he will come quickly. Amen. Now, what's great about this, again, this would be like standing up in the Congress and saying, I believe in a Savior of the world, and I think we all need to believe in that Savior of the world. Everybody would still have a fit. You're going to be talking about this or whatever. She's doing the same thing. I don't, it doesn't, again, there's no indication here that she believes in Jesus. But the fact, Greg, that the Jews are going to begin to it, say out loud, even in their Congress, that they believe in a Messiah, and the military singing songs about the Messiah, 
This is a huge step. God is prepping them. God is getting them ready. He's softening hearts. He's drawing them to him. And at the right time, he will pour out his spirit on them, Ezekiel 39, 21. And then they'll receive him as a nation. And that's where they're going to know, again, Jesus as their Messiah. 144,000 saved right off the bat. Others getting saved through the great tribulation. And then we all are joined back together when the Lord comes back in the second coming. So we're getting closer and closer, and we're watching all the pieces. Again, that's what prophecy does. We watch all the pieces fall into place. We don't know when it's going to be, but we're watching it form, and we're watching it fall into place, and every day, we're that much closer. So again, if you don't know the Lord, what a great time to cry out to Jesus to be your Savior, because look, the Jews are doing it. Don't be behind them. They've been partially blinded. Your eyes are open. You can receive him. Yeah, and they've been blinded, so you can receive Amen. That's right. For the Gentiles to come in. There you go. That's it. The mystery of the church. Yep. Pastor Mark, thank you as always, folks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, read the articles. Share the episodes right from thewaymedia.net, and we'll see you next Friday for more Signs of the Times. Uh